Welcome back to the ball, episode four. Let's start this week out with some news. The league has just been getting more and more exciting, and unfortunately, we're going to go on a break. The international break is upon us, means no more football for us on the weekends until October 17th. That's that's going to be a long while. Another other news: uh, Tammy Abraham decided to have a birthday party. This is recent news. So Abraham, Chelsea's forward, has a birthday party. Ben Chilwell and Jordan Sancho decide to come by. Because of that, they were breaking the COVID rules uh, put in by the government, and now they will be missing out on the international break, and they are not getting called up by England. Cavani had ended up going to Man United. Nice transfer window deadline day deal there. And Arsenal got busy as well. Thomas Partey going to Arsenal. And a little some some lighthearted news. Uh, well, this is all lighthearted news. It's just football. Arsenal sacked their mascot. He was reportedly on eighty thousand euros a year. So Mesut Ozil hears about this. He's like, hey, you know, that guy gives us a lot of energy. I think we need him. We need him. They were trying to cut cost. So Ozil goes, hey, look, keep the mascot on. Pay him from my wages until as long as I'm playing here and. Arsenal have their mascot back, thanks to, thanks to Mesut Ozil. Top, top move. Let's start out with what we saw at Old Trafford. Yes, I'm talking about the 6-1 defeat. I think United has lost their touch. The game was a defensive disaster. There was no Lindelof on the side, and... He was being kind of blamed as a scapegoat there a couple of weeks ago, but now no Lindelof on the side, so you can't use that excuse. They are a very strong side on paper, and it beats me why these results keep on happening. They started the game out with Martial up top, Rashford, Fernandez, Greenwood, Pogba, Matic, world-class players, Juan Basaka, Eric Bailey, Maguire, Shaw. De Gea. A couple years ago, people were thinking this is the best goalie in the world. And this team has just been suffering weekend after weekend, suffering to pick up results if it's not a late save from a penalty kick. But the back line played a great front three in Tottenham. You're going up against Lamela, Kane, and also Sun Hu Ming, who has been in incredible form. As, and he showed his form and his pace in this game. He showed w- just exactly what this front three could be if he's in form every week. And United just couldn't cope. They just couldn't cope. Defensively, they were completely in shambles. I think this calls for a coaching change. I don't think Alagana Sosha is the right fit for this team anymore. I don't think they have a personnel problem. I think it's a philosophy problem. A defensive philosophy problem. Now, this is not the first time United has lost 6-1 at home. Man City came to Old Trafford and beat United 6-1 under Ferguson. But unlike this game, Man City had three late goals after the 90th minute, which resulted from... United being a bit too aggressive and looking to come back. Obviously, everyone knows about Fergie time. Uh, 
and they just got caught up too high. City banged in three goals after 30 minutes and 6-1 loss. This time, it looked completely different. It looked completely different. They looked flat. They were outplayed. They've given away 11 goals in three matches. That's tied with Fulham. They have enough players. I just think they need a philosophy change. They need a new coach who's a bit more defensive and can get that back line up to shape and can make players better. We haven't seen any advancement in Marcus Rashford since he's been playing. You can argue Bruno Fernandez has taken a step back in the few months he's come back. Uh, Pogba has been pretty stagnant as well. So I think they need a coach and they need a manager who can get more out of those players. Now, their actions during the transfer window and their deadline was pretty alarming, I think. I think they're going after the wrong stuff. I think the roof was leaking and United go off and buy a car. They have Cavani for the next two years, which he's still a world-class striker. He'll score goals, but you still will concede. And I don't think the problem is fixed. I do not think the problem is fixed. You know, the, the TV was broken and they go out and buy a new toaster. It's not going to fix the problem at United. Another shocking defeat was the one experienced by Liverpool. Now, Villa gave them seven on the day. Seven goals to Champions Liverpool. 7-2 loss. Now, leading up to this game, earlier in the week, we hear about the Sané getting... Or, excuse me, we heard about Sadio Mane getting COVID. And he's out. Has to go into a 10-day quarantine. And then, Alisson has a shoulder injury in training. Now, he's out six weeks. Six weeks. And Adrian had to step in. Looking at those two players missing from that team sheet, I'm thinking directly, all right, what's Liverpool going to be missing? Liverpool is going to be missing their press. Sané is a man who leads the press. He's the first line of the press, arguably the most important. He goes and pressures the keeper. He goes and pressures the central defense. He goes and pressures even outside. And he's the one putting pressure on those guys so that the ball's over the top. Because Liverpool love playing a high line. With Mane there, you can't, you don't have time as a center back to see that run. And that's what they wouldn't have this game, the Liverpool press. And again, that high line, you'll get some balls hopped over that high line if there's no pressure on the first man. And also, they're going to they're gonna miss Alisson's distribution. Alisson, at times, is also a bit like Ederson in that system at Man City, where these guys are great ball players. They'll ping passes 30, 40 yards with great accuracy. And Liverpool missed that on this day, and that's exactly what happened. Villa was able to beat Liverpool's first press. Passes opened up. Villa was very courageous. Watkins had three goals. Really cementing his arrival at the club. Some of the goals were a bit unlucky, you can say. But overall, Liverpool defense is to blame. And Villa was really, really good. So credit to Villa. Credit to Villa. 
Liverpool in this game got stuck using useless possession. If you take a look at the pass success rate of this game, Liverpool's pass success percentage is 85%. Villa's was 68%. When it comes to total passing, Liverpool had 650 total passes to Villa's 285. So you're thinking, all right, they have a good control in this game. They must be getting chances. Even more telling, look at accurate passes. Liverpool had 554 to Villa's 194. Now, obviously, Liverpool had more touches on the ball. But when you look at key passes, Villa had 13, Liverpool had 11. Jack Grealish alone had five. Salah played well for the chances he had. He had three. And that's just not going to be good enough if they want to defend this title. Today in the writer's corner, we're going to cover a little bit of transfer news. And we're going to look at the Jordan Sancho move, which didn't quite go through for United. This article was released by The Athletic. And it's called United's Hopeless Pursuit of Jordan Sancho. Now, Jordan Sancho, as you know, is one of the most exciting young English players. Seems like every year you can say that line. But people believe this guy's a bit different. He's been tearing up the Bundesliga and they feel he, he should be playing in the English Premier League. Now, Sancho was identified as a target by Alexander Solskjaer and mainly the goal was get him in the team advancing the Champions League. Uh, Ed Woodward, the executive at United, he kind of waited on this deal. He didn't pull the trigger and they had to rush at deadline day to get players in. That's the third transfer window in a row that United has been active on deadline day. Simply put, the Sancho deal just broke down. Uh, Dortmund at the beginning of the summer wanted 120 million euros for Sancho, and they told United, look, give us 120 million euros by August 10th, and he's all yours. But Ed Woodward waited and waited. August 10th comes around, Dortmund's sporting director says it's final. Sancho is staying. United thinks they're calling a bluff, and they still wait. After a while, the price just got too high. The price got too high, and the financial impact of COVID on all these clubs started taking a toll on United. The calculation for Sancho's bid came all the way up to 250 million euros. Sancho's a good player, but not for that price. That's that's even more than Neymar. And he's just not in that league yet. United lost even more money, 50 million, after the government postponed the fans returning to the stadium, so that's a lot of revenue lost. And in September, United bids 80 million euros for Sancho. That's definitely not the 120 million euros they wanted. So obviously, they say no. 
Sancho, he felt a bit undervalued. And he, to be honest, didn't need United. He knew United needed him. And in the end, Sancho just kind of friend-zoned United. United was friend-zoned. They were on different pages. They definitely wanted the player to come to the club, and he didn't He didn't necessarily need it. And he said, you know, it's always there. Maybe in the future, it might happen. And personally, I think he made a great decision. Before the ball's power ranking this week, let's quickly run down what happened over this weekend. On Saturday... Chelsea won 4-0 over Crystal Palace. Nice showing by Chelsea. Everton 4-2 over Brighton. Everton keeps steamrolling the league. Still looking for them to face a bit stiffer competition. We'll see that when the league returns. They face Liverpool, which was always a good fixture. Leeds and City drew 1-1. Personally, I feel like that was the best game of the weekend. Lots of great attacking football on display there. Newcastle beat Burnley 3-1, and that closed out Saturday's games. On Sunday, Southampton won 2-0 over West Brom. West Ham got a result from Leicester, 3-0. That was also a shocker. Arsenal 2-1 over Sheffield United. Wolves scraped past Fulham, 1-0. And then, obviously, the 1-6 Tottenham United. And the 7-2 Austin Villa, Liverpool. It's time now for the Balls Power Rankings. Coming in at number 5, we've got Austin Villa. They've got 9 points in 3 matches. Grealish picked up a hat-trick of assists. It was in great form. This is a revamped Austin Villa team. Watkin looks in great form. He looks amazing. I think Villa will surprise some people this year. That's number 5. Number four, let's go with Leicester City. They took a loss to West Ham 3-0. There was no sign of Vardy. I think it was a one-off, their resilient squad. Villa, Arsenal, Leeds. That's the results, or that's the fixtures they have once they come back. So it's going to be a very formative stretch of games there. Number three, got to give it to Tottenham. They went to Old Trafford and put in six. Kane, Son, looked brilliant again. New signing, Sergio Regalhoun, was fantastic. Bale coming after an international break. I think they're the team to watch. Number two, even after the defeat, I give it to Liverpool. Mane, Elisson, Henderson were all out. And they lost 7-2. If I was a Liverpool fan, I wouldn't be panicking. You still have Virgil van Dijk, Salah, Thiago coming back after he comes from his quarantine period. Once Mane is back, the press is back. Domination will be back, I think. And number one, shaking things up here, Everton. They're undefeated. 12 goals in four matches. Hamez and Calvert-Lewin. Those two are making a very great pair up top. And he, Calvert-Lewin is also making his first international debut. Finally got caught up. He just looks unstoppable at the moment. They're solid in the attack. They're well-connected in midfield. Currently, I think they're the best team in the league. Thanks for tuning in to The Ball, airing every Wednesday on Apple iTunes and Spotify. Let's get the ball rolling. See you next week.